0: Buenos dias from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 13th of October, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Wednesday the 12th, Biden's administration announced it would accept up to 24,000 Venezuelans via a humanitarian parole plan. The parole plan would grant Venezuelans a narrow legal pathway to the United States. To apply, citizens must have someone in the U.S. who can show that they are able to financially support the migrant for up to two years and comply with public health requirements. Regarding immigrants crossing the border, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security said it would start expelling those Venezuelans who illegally cross Mexico's borders. And in more international news, on Thursday the 6th, the 52nd regular session of the General Assembly of the Organization of American States, or OAS, was held in Peru. In the meeting, a group of left-winged countries tried to expel the representative of Juan Guaido, Gustavo Tarre, from the OAS. However, their petition did not receive the necessary 24 votes. Only 19 countries agreed to revoke Guaido's representation. They also proposed to consider Venezuela as if it were outside of the OAS. Previously, Maduro also had the same intention and presented a formal request in 2017 to withdraw the country from the OAS, but it was not approved. Let us remember that the organization accepted Tarre as a representative of Venezuela in April 2019 after having declared Maduro's administration illegitimate. Following this news, in the same meeting, Antony Blinken announced the Maduro government of causing a, quote, humanitarian catastrophe, unquote, that has forced more than 6 million people to leave Venezuela. During his speech, Blinken asked the countries to join the demand for free elections in Venezuela in 2024. Still, the relationship between Venezuela and Colombia is better than ever. On Friday the 7th, the Director of Migration of Colombia, Carlos Fernando Garcia, announced a change in transportation requirements at the border between both countries. Garcia said that Venezuelan citizens will be able to enter the country with only one document. They can either use their ID, their passport, or their border mobility card. Previously, all three were required. And moving on, on Friday the 7th, the UN Human Rights Council approved renewing the independent international fact-finding mission on Venezuela, also known as FFM. After the Venezuelan delegation representing the Maduro regime asked the UN not to review the mission on the 26th of September, with 19 votes in favor, 5 against, and 23 abstentions, the FFM was renewed for two years. The FFM presented its most recent report last month and concluded that the Venezuelan intelligence services committed, quote, crimes against humanity, unquote, and that Maduro was the one behind the repression against dissident figures. Due to this report, the Venezuelan ambassador to the UN in Geneva, Hector Constant, asked the UN not to renew the mission. Speaking of the U.N., on Tuesday the 11th, Venezuela lost its seat in the United Nations Human Rights Council after being part of it since 2019. Venezuela lost the seat in the representation of Latin America and the Caribbean region against Chile and Costa Rica after collecting only 88 votes against 114 and 134, respectively. The director of the NGO Human Rights Watch for UN Affairs, Luis Charbonneau, said last week that Venezuela had no credentials because it had committed crimes against humanity in recent years. Charbonneau also said that, quote, a government facing these kinds of accusations does not have to sit in the highest UN rights body, unquote. And in more local news, on Friday the 7th, a group of supporters of Chavismo tried to attack Guaido in Anzoategui State. After leaving a press conference, the aggressors chased the vehicle the opposition leader was traveling in and threw blunt objects at it. This is the third attack that Guaido suffered this week during his country tour. He was previously attacked in Puerto Cabello, Carabobo State, and in Cumana, Sucre State. Speaking of Guaido, on Saturday the 8th, Venezuela's opposition and Guaido demanded that justice be served in the case of the activist and politician Fernando Alban. He died on the 8th of October 2018 at the Seven facility in Caracas, where he was being held for allegedly being involved in an alleged drone attack against President Nicolás Maduro. In a press conference, the former deputy and member of the Primero Justicia Party, Yajaira Orrero, asked that the real culprits of Alban's death be imprisoned. Last December, Venezuela's ombudsman, Tarek William Saab, reported that two Bolivarian intelligence service officers were sentenced to five years and ten months in prison for the murder of Fernando Alban, who died in prison after, quote, falling, unquote, from a 10th floor. Next up, on Thursday the 6th, a group of activists created an observatory to study the different forms of violence against LGBTQ people in Venezuela. Jeffrey Rodriguez, one of the founders, said that the Venezuelan Observatory of LGBTQ plus violence aims at collecting, documenting, and systematizing data and information on discriminatory acts against this community. In its first report, the organization counted more than 30 cases of discrimination or violence against people belonging to the LGBTQ community. So if you see or suffer this kind of violence, you can report it to the observatory via Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and email. You can also call their two phone numbers. In other news, on Monday the 10th, the Venezuelan Foundation of Systemological Research reported a 3.7 magnitude earthquake in the Maracaibo Lake in Zulia State. Fortunately, no damage was reported. However, a tropical wave did cause extensive damage. On Thursday, the 6th, tropical wave number 41 left damage throughout the national territory. In Carabobo State, due to heavy rains with lightning, a 14 year old died. Civil protection also reported landslides, floods, and fallen trees. On the same day, firefighters from Puerto Cabello, city in Carabobo state, reported the collapse of the Supresa Muela highway due to a landslide. In the Maracay, due to the floods, people have been seen kayaking through the streets. In Guarico, Governor Jose Vasquez reported that at least 650 families were affected by the heavy rains that fell for more than eight hours, which caused San Juan rivers to overflow. While in the state of Falcón, according to the Civil Protection, the flooding of the Coro River left at least 460 people homeless. Following this news, on Thursday the 6th, the Vice Minister of Risk Management and Civil Protection, Carlos Pérez Ampuera, reported that 22,000 homes have been affected by the constant rains and 17 collapsed due to landslides throughout the country. The tropical wave also caused a large-scale landslide on Saturday the 9th in the city of Las Tejerias and left almost 45 people dead and about 50 missing to date. The force of the water dragged mud, rocks, trees, electricity poles, and telephone company antennas affecting 20 sectors of the Santos-Michelena Municipality. The state of Aragua is on alert due to the rains, The state being one of the most seriously damaged so far in the entire country. Many people on social media are asking for donations for those affected. And on the same day, the resident coordinator of the United Nations system in Venezuela, Gianluca Rampola, announced on Twitter that the UN will mobilize support to deal with the tragedy caused by the landslide in Las Tejerias. However, he did not specify what type of collaboration they will provide or when it will be effective. On Monday the 10th, Maduro visited the affected areas in Las Tejerias to assess the damage. In a national broadcast, Maduro said that all the affected people will be given a new house. He also said that in two months, he will have 200 apartments ready for them. About this, the executive vice president, Delcy Rodriguez, declared Las Tijeras a, quote, tragedy zone, unquote, and decreed three days of national mourning. On the same day, the Portuguese Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced that they would send aid to 300 Portuguese citizens who were victims of the landslide. However, they did not specify how or when. And that's it for this week. Thank you as always so much for joining us. We were wondering, is there a city, region, or municipality that we're not covering in our updates? Are we leaving out something important? You can always let us know at Venezuela at That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot com. So we can add what you think is relevant in our next update. Hasta la próxima.